passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Welcome to Believe in 76ers with your hosts, former 76ers point guard Eric Snow and two Sixers fanatics in Marcus and Tasia Dash. Believe in 76ers is presented by betonline.ag. Our partners at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. Find all the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the NBA and NHL playoffs, Major League Baseball, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. And don't forget this weekend, as the run to the Roses is on at the Kentucky Derby. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. Hey guys, welcome to Believe in 76ers podcast. I'm here with our guys, former 76ers point guard and legendary point guard, Eric Snow, and my brother, Tasia Dash. Guys, it's comeback season. I'm feeling it. The stars are lying. You got JJ Rex calling the game tonight. Embiid's uh, probably playing tonight, and we're back at home. I mean, what, what, what? But what can you not ask for? You know, I, I think it's ever the stars are lying. What, what do you guys uh, think about that? Well, we need it. <laughs> <laughs> we need any push and any motivation, um, and any reason that's going to help us get a victory, starting with tonight. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah. We need, we need something. We need a shot in the arms, what we need. <laughs> well, I, I think you know Reddick. Yeah, well, that, that too. I, you know, I, I think Reddick's been a great uh, mouthpiece for the Sixers overall. I mean, when, when, it, when it, since since he left there, and you know, see him on ESPN, um, which I love his takes in general. But you know, talking about like you know all things Sixers, he's, he's a he's a big Sixers guy. And quite frankly, when I watch ESPN, we kind of need a guy like that. Kendrick Perkins wasn't a big Sixer guy last year. Now he's become, you know, a big MB guy and, you know, defending Doc Rivers and such. But having Reddick on the on there, you know, defending us is, a, is good to have. And calling this game tonight, and I felt in the Toronto series, we had a couple of commentators who seemed pretty anti-Sixers. Uh, Not the Gus Johnson crew. Those guys were good. But there, there were some that I felt it was, like, very Toronto-esque, and I was like, uh, I don't oh. like it. <laughs> You're not talking about Stan Van Gundy, are you? Yeah, <laughs> Mr. Anti-Process himself. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, so I, I'm excited about tonight. Um, uh, and lots to get into. Uh, there, there might be breaking news during the show, so we'll uh, keep you guys informed during that. But uh, first topic tonight, um, another brutal loss by double digits to the Miami Heat. 
Um, it honestly felt like they couldn't miss from three and we couldn't make anything from three again. It kind of, the, the, the shooting woes kind of continued. Um, kept it close again, first half, second half, they blew, they, 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 they blew, blew us out. Um, so besides MB being out, what, what would you say the main reasons are that we lost the second game and why we're getting beat so badly, Eric? The main reasons? Yeah. They're better and they're playing better. <laughs> Let's be real about it. That, that's the main reason. You have a team that was the number one seed. Um, they're without a guy. Just We're without our main guy, but they're without a starter also. But they're playing much better. They're playing more consistent. They're playing better defense. They're executing better. They're shooting the ball better. Um, <clears throat> so are we a better team than them? Probably, probably not. But are we that far away? I don't think we are at all. But that gap is huge when they're playing that much better. So that's how you get those, you stay close, and all of a sudden they go on that spurt, that run that you know they're going to get, especially in the second half. And then all of a sudden that cushion is just gone. It's like we can't make up, we can't make up the difference because they're better and they're playing better. Um, so <clears throat> we got to make sure that we're playing our best basketball and try to get them off track. They can't play comfortable they play they playing well they play so comfortable they're not feeling us they're not feeling our pressure they're not feeling anything so they're playing comfortable playing well and and that's even better at home so we got to flip script here when we play at home and put them under pressure the same way and try to get you know try to be the better team and the best team in order to get a win yeah, it's, been, it's been the main issue for us most of the year especially since the uh james harden trade we just our bench is just not that good. It's, 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 and they came against Miami. Who's, I mean, they have a lot of really good players. I think they have a lot of B B plus players. They don't have a lot, a lot of like super superstars like and B level. Um, but when they, they have a bunch of guys that could just throw at you that, that can score like 10 to 14 a night. And like, that's like their seventh and eighth and ninth, man. They don't even play Duncan Robinson. Like that dude makes like what? 15 to 20. He doesn't even play. That's, that's incredible. They don't even need him. They don't even need to go that deep for him. Um, but you have that many guys to run deep, trying 10 deep. Our six man can't even score 10. You know what I mean? Like we're, we're having so much trouble even getting 10 off one of those guys. We're having trouble even scoring 10 with our entire bench. Like that's good. And they have one guy who can score 18, two guys who can score like 18. I think old Depot and hero both have like, I think around 20 points um, and Harden just, I wouldn't say he's not capable of scoring 25 or 30 a night. I'm saying it's a stretch. I don't think he can beat double teams the way he used to. I mean, like, I don't think he has that, but yeah, at 32, I don't think a lot of guys can beat double and triple teams the way they used to. So I don't think that's a huge knock on them. Um, I just think when you're missing a guy like Embiid who, who clears a lot of that out for you, um, it's hard. Uh, I think Harden can be a 20 and 11 guy for us in a game like that, but that also means that Tobias and Max, you have to score like 30 each. And then combine, let's say you got 20. Let's say those guys got 30 each. That's 80 points. Can the rest of our team put up another 25 or 30? I don't think so. I, I, I don't. I, I don't think the rest of our team can even do that. I mean, we're so top heavy. We need MB, Harris, Maxi, and um, Harden just to light it up. Um, our bench went ice cold. Danny Green played great in round one, but I think it's apparent now that we just, I mean, we need to not opt into that 10 year contract, $10 million contract. And, look somewhere else for a starting three. And then when Thibel and Jordan are out there, one or the other, we're playing four on five on offense every time. So it's like you just can't win playing four on five on offense 
60% of the game when they run 10 deep. Yeah. What, what do you make of um, the, the, the three spot, Eric, you know, so Danny green, uh, this last game, he went one for nine, I think, or yeah, one for nine. And then Thibel comes out there. I've seen someone put like a, a kind of a montage of clips of when we're on offense, teams are just not, they're letting him hang by the corners, not even playing him at all. I mean, yeah. what, I mean, what do, you, what, do you, what do you make of that, of that three spot? I mean, that's, that's plus that's playoff basketball. I mean, you're going to, that's what you want. You want to try to make the guy that's you want to shoot the ball, shoot it. Um, you know, but in order to do that, you have to be getting stops and shrinking the court and, and still scoring. So our issue is, yes, they're leaving him open, but his minutes aren't as high. I mean, I still think that you can leave a guy open, but if you stop them, then neither team can score. The fact is, they're, they're, we aren't scoring, and they are. Um, but I think that three position is, you know, Danny plays well. He just, you know, he's he's not making some shots. He's had some shots that were clean looks for him that he usually knocked down. Get a lot. Um, game first two games, they haven't gone down. So hopefully, he can bounce back from that. Um, you know, we, we we speak about it a lot when we say guys average out, and I think he will. Um, but that spot still needs to kind of, you know, I think Danny was sort of a guy that was put in that situation, not necessarily supposed to be there. I mean, you, you have a guy like five with this supposed to be there, but ever since this whole COVID stuff came, he hasn't been the same. And it's we said, it. we said it was going to affect him. He, he doesn't even look the same defensively. No, no, it's weird. It's weird. Um, so I, I think it's really, really affected him and more than we probably thought. Um, so it's it's almost to the, you know, to the point where you just give Cortland those minutes. Is 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 that what you do in this series? He looked pretty good um, actually yesterday. You actually, you, they have to. You know, they're going to go at him, um, but it's, it can't be any different than people going at um, Hero. <laughs> we try to go at him and get him involved. You got to scheme and make figure it out. But if he's he he's he's going to be a threat, they're going to play him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's going to be a threat, um, but if if I was going to be out there and they're going to let him shoot, then he needs to be a bear on on defense. I yeah. mean, he needs to be a bear and switching and making it hard for Jimmy and Hero. All these guys can't be getting twenty five and thirty points if he's out there. It seems like he's really pressing on defense too to make up for his lack of offense because he knows it, which makes him like. I saw him overly aggressive, like run by plays, try to swap balls. I think he's just trying so hard to make up for the lack of offense that it's yeah, actually. And I don't even think it's a lack of offense. All of this is, it's just like Coach Brown used to always tell me, um, you know, if you if you miss shots and I have you out there, that's on me. If you don't take shots, that's on you. So he got to at least take them. If you're open, take the shots. If you're not making them, then let Doc make a decision based on that. But at least take those open shots and see what happens. Yeah. Um, but still, be the best that you can be on that other end. Be the best that you can be rebounding. Be the best that you can be in everything else that you bring to the table. And that's where that's not happening. He's not the best that he can be in all these other things. So now you add the shots on. You add that on with this offense. you like, well. Most guys, I know you, Tajan, but you'll be ready to take out the line. (laughs) (laughs) 
You know what I'm saying? Like you kind of giving him a pass because of what he's done, you know, during the season. Um, but he got to at least take the shots and, and yeah. hopefully he can get a, you know, get a rhythm. And, but, but the other part of it has to be there. And I think he's struggling with that. I think Danny will make some shots. He's a structured guy. He'll play well in the system. I think yeah. his shots will come. I think he's um, due. So in Cortman, I think will make shots. I think he, he, he can help you. I still think his men is maybe, you know, a certain limit um, yeah. based on how things are going. Um, but, you know, collectively with those three, we should be able to fill that, that spot um, successfully. And Milton get taken out of the ro- rotation. That surprised me too. He hardly played till garbage time. I was like, yeah. I mean, I think some of that might've been extending James and Maxie. Yeah, because Maxie was so um, hot. Like, you know, I just yeah, and Maxie was playing well. You're not going to take minutes away from James to give him to give him some minutes. So um, unless you're going to go three guards, I think he his minutes are going to be cut. Yeah, they did that if small you know, a few times. But if you're playing Cortman, then was, I think he, some of those minutes that he probably would have gotten have gone to the three men that we just talked about mm-hmm. um, and increased – you know, your, your guards, especially without Joel, I think they probably had to figure that out, but. And Cork's a better just spot up, just, just passing a catch and shoot guy. Uh, yeah. And that, I mean, that's what you're going to need. Um, even when Joel comes back, mm-hmm. you're going to need guys that are the threat to make shots, um, make shots, but also, you know, willing to take shots. Like you got to be willing to know when you're open and catch and shoot it. It's one thing to make it. It's another thing to um, admit it. It's another thing to be hesitant and not shoot them. That messes up. That messes up the, the structure and the flow. Um, and like like I said, you know, that's that's that stuck with me forever. What Coach Brown said. And you just got to be willing to do it. And I think from that standpoint, you you may make some, and if you don't, you miss it, and they'll keep leaving you open. And then it's up to the doctor be like, hey, you know, it's not your night. Let's put somebody else in there. Yeah. Now, for the chance that um, NB might play tonight, and I think it's funny, you know, I've, I've been following the NBA for so long since I, was, since I was a kid, but no, just seeing the whole, like, in the NFL, when a guy has a concussion or he's coming back from protocol, he's, he's listed as out, then doubtful. It's like, there's no chance he plays. But everyone online is like, oh, there's a big chance he plays tonight. And I'm seeing doubtful. And it's like, what? How is he going to, you know, why that, how's that going to happen? Uh, but the NFL, when you see a guy doubtful day of game, that's, he's not playing. Uh, so I think that's interesting. But, um, the question I want to ask you is psychologically having you know, the sheriff back in town, you know, and be 75%, whatever, whatever he is tonight, probably less than that, but he's playing psychologically. What does that do for everybody else on the court? Knowing that their guy's back. I mean, that kind of, you know, brings everybody up. Fans are going to be excited about it, but as the players on the court, how important is that psychologically to have your guy back in? Is that kind of, well, it helps. Out? I mean, I think it helps um, bring a comfort level from the guys knowing that they're full strength even though he may not be full strength um, in the eyes of the opponent, they have to look at him and treat him as if he's full strength. So where guys question things where, you know, you, you kind of get off, off kilter and kind of out of structure when knowing like when your shots are going to come or when things are going to come with him in there, you kind of know, okay, they're going to play him this way. Maybe I can um, spot up or I know my shots going to come here. I know you, you get a little more comfortable as far as, what you're going to do as a team because you're kind of full strength and you kind of know based on having this guy out here, you know, this is how things usually go. So it's that 
it's that level of consistency um, with your team that kind of helps you gain that confidence that you're full strength and you can go out there and get it done collectively. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping for. Whether he's 60%, 50%, just to bring everyone's spirits up and everyone get that swagger and that confidence back happening on the court. Just the attention too. I mean, you know, he's just not, I mean, Harden's not going to have triple teams anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they're not going to be able to play him like that because no matter how Joel is finishing, he'll be able to lay up, make a layup in the dunk. All eyes are going to be on Joel now. They're going to shift. So if he's around that pain, he's going to have multiple guys on him and near him, um, which which is going to give you what you want, um, clean looks for guys. And that's and that's the difference. And that's where um, you take a guy like Niang, for instance, he, who hasn't shot it great, but he also hasn't had a lot of clean looks. Like they're trying to run him off that three-point line. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just know when Joel was there, he was getting like clean, almost set shots. Yep. Like that's, practice that's, shots. Yeah, that's kind of the difference with people. They, they are practice shots because usually where, you know, the pass is coming from. You know, pass is coming from the middle and just like a coach is passing it to you. That's why they call them practice shots. It's sort of like no pressure, no hand up. It's just catching like it's just you, you in the gym by yourself. Yeah. And also another thing I think Kenny Smith brought it up when before the whole injury is that Bam can't switch on our other guys. He's going to have to stay on Embiid. He can't. And you see the series, Bam's been guarding everybody. He's, he's had a field day on defense. I mean, he can do it. He can switch on other guys, but that just also means that they, if we throw it to Joel or Rowling, they're going to have to bring two or three people there, which exposes their defense. So that's, that's basically what it is. And you, you, you can, they can still do it, but it causes – a lot a great deal of issues for them on the back end, whereas now they're they're just letting whomever is with our big now play them. Um, whereas then I, I think they're they'll try to get Bam back to him. They'll try to pre-rotate. They'll they won't switch. You know they may they'll, they'll have to make an adjustments, and, and that's what it's about. You that's why you those guys are the big money guys that are superstar players because they make teams have to make adjustments, have to double, have to do all the stuff by their presence. And that's supposed to elevate and make it easier for your teammates. Could be an MVP announcement tonight. We'll see. Um, the, the report is that, it, that there's going to be people there from the NBA possibly give them the MVP announcement too. So that'd be. He has to play there. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> it's almost a lock. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, topic two uh, tonight. Um, so obviously we've talked about on the show, the hardened slander on all these uh, morning hot take shows. Um, and a lot of hot, these pundits are saying, you know, it was a great trade this season for the Sixers, but you got to let James Harden go. You can't, you, know, you can't give him money, whatever. Uh, but a uh, report came out last night that James Harden is reportedly going to opt into his final deal of his contract uh, with worth up to $47 million. Um, so, and then uh, they're going to work on a long-term deal with the Sixers. Um, so, I mean, this is good news. We traded a lot of stuff to get Harden. Now, it's good news for some fans who didn't want to pay him the, two, the, the super max, the $250 million, whatever, it, whatever it was. But what do you guys think of James Harden opting into that final year of his deal? Um, well, it's hard for me to see, you know, more than I made in my career in one year <laughs> to turn it down. <laughs> That's your initial reaction. <laughs> initial reaction is, damn. <laughs> Yeah, to turn it down, like, you know, it's, you know that's kind of hard for me to kind of envision oh. that. <laughs> but, no, I think I think it's James kind of, 
Yeah, I think he wants some consistency, not necessarily just sort of in the pay, but I think it was consistency as far as with the group he's with. I think he, you know, he got his GM, whoever's been his coach, and he got Joel. I think he, when you're talking about the end of your career, um, and we all know it's no matter how much longer he's going to play, it's when he's on the back end of his career. <clears throat> so I don't think he's opting out of a small deal. I just think that he opts in to figure out what we do instead of going for free agency because I don't think he wants to leave. Um, I think he's happy where he's at and want to kind of make it work there. <clears throat> you opt in, you kind of figure out, okay, what can we do next and how can we, you know, get better from that point? Um, so I think that from his standpoint, it's not surprising to me. Um, whether they can work out a new deal, uh, that remains to be seen. I think that um, it'll come down to um, more the years to me than maybe the amount. I think the years will probably be you know, more in play. It kind of depends on when you want him to come off that deal, when is Joel's deal in. I think all of that will have to be figured out. AJ, as a fan, were you uh, happy about that? I mean, where, where do you stand on that? Because there's, there's a lot of Sixer fans who were unhappy or happy. I mean, it's all over the place. I think it's interesting. I know everyone thought he'd opt out and renegotiate for a long-term deal and the security part of it, but I, I like it. I think it shows that, to me at least, it shows that he thinks he's better than he is right now. He's kind of betting on himself on a one-year deal. It's, it, I know this is not the NFL, but it's almost kind of like a, um, a franchise tag in a way. But, but he's deciding to do it, not the team, um, which is interesting because, you know, usually a guy would opt out for more money and more years. He's choosing to do a one-year deal, which is crazy. But I like that it's like everyone's saying, oh, he's not worth that money. He's not worth all this, like, five-year, four-year deal of $250 million. He hears all that. So in his mind, he's saying, okay, I'll play on a one-year deal. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kill my offseason with workouts and bas- just basketball, no rehab, no more hamstring talk. And then I'm going to come back next year even better and score closer to my 25 a game and be a hybrid of Houston, Brooklyn, Harden, and not this 2010 version of him. Um, and if he does come back and be the 20, 2010 version like he is this year, then maybe they renegotiate accordingly. Maybe they give him like a Chris Paul four-year $120 million deal instead of this five-year $300 million deal. I mean, maybe he's just – maybe this year is kind of like an audition to see, all right, let's see when I put my – Full offseason into this, no more rehabbing, no more excuses. I'm with the team all offseason, no more midseason trade. Let's see how I come back from this. Let's see what let's see what who I am for the for the back half of my career. Let's let's see where I'm headed. And I don't I don't mind that at all, really. Have you looked at the numbers, stage as far as um like if you were to do this to opt in? How much money are we going to have to be able to sign anybody next offseason, or, or is it going to depend on us trading? We have to trade to buy in order to kind of. Yeah, do now we're, like we're, we're strapped. I mean, we're now we can't we can't do that. If we're going to do anything, it would be yeah, it'd be. A, I mean, we have to trade. We have to trade probably. I mean, it depends what you want to get. Um, but I know Danny Green's contract becomes guaranteed in, in in sometime in July, so we have to decide if we want to keep that ten million dollars in the books. Um, but even if we let him go, ten million just gets poof gone and we don't get it yeah we don't get it back or anything Uh, we're so over the cap at this point but uh, yeah if you do anything it has to be like a tobias trade and there's that beal rumor floating around uh, that i keep hearing about um i know jay williams even talked about it how you know i think someone said beal wants to come and play with mb that's a thing 
So for who though? <laughs> James? <laughs> no, I, I, I mean, what as a Sixer fan talking? I mean, yeah, Tobias and I think now Thibault's <laughs> he was he's a lot less uh, untradeable than he was three months ago. That's for damn sure. I mean, but I don't know what they do, Tobias and Thibel. It all, I mean, you know, the thing is, it all depends on just like James. Everyone said James will come to Philly when he says, I want to go to Philly. Get me out of here. Same thing with Beal. If Beal comes out and says, I'm not re-signing here, I want to go to Philadelphia, they really don't have a choice. It sucks. It really does suck. But what are they going to do at that point? They're just going to lose him for nothing? Yeah, so, I mean, but it's different because it's not like – Philly has a situation where they'll have the cap space to sign him. After Tobias, I mean, if you give her a Tobias' deal on Thibault's, it could work, I think. I haven't looked at the numbers, but Tobias makes like I 30. Think, yeah, that'll, that'll be tough. I think that they'll get other offers for, for Bill. I don't want to get too excited for that. Oh, I'm not going to get excited. Yeah. But, <laughs> but again, like, like everyone always says, if the guy has to – and it's a big move, right? Everyone kept waiting for Lillard to do it. He never did it. A guy has to come out and say – I'm not re-signing. I want there. And if he says that, which is a pretty big move considering he's had a long-term relationship with Washington, it'd be pretty messed up at this point. But if he's at a crossroads and he wants gone, then I don't know. It, it, all, it all comes down to Beal, I think, what, what he says. Yeah. I read an article. There was a big rift um, last offseason when they were doing the head coach search that he actually wanted them to, to hire Sam Cassell. It was a longtime assistant uh, when Flip Saunders was there in Washington. Um, he had a really good relationship with him. They didn't, they didn't, I don't think they even brought him in for an interview actually. And they ended up um, hiring Wes Unsell Jr. Um, for that, that gig. And um, he, he was pretty pissed off about that. Cassell, if we keep Doc on staff, obviously a lot of things have to happen, but keep Doc on staff. Sam Cassell doesn't get another job elsewhere. He stays as the assistant. Maybe, you know, that could link Beal. Maybe still want to come to, uh, to. I just, I just, I mean, I just feel like with, with all of, with people under contract and, not having a salary and all the space. I just, I just think it's way more difficult um, than we realize. And the one thing that, you know, is sending him in, in conference, you know, a couple hours up <laughs> North. <laughs> I, I just, I got to think that they won't do that. Yeah. I, I just, not, not that it can't be done. I just, you know, I know Tommy Shepard pretty well. I, nothing in me tells me that that's where he would trade them. Yeah. Nothing, would, nothing in me tells he me. He would have to force their hand and, and, yeah. and be a big problem. And I just don't know how he can force their hand to do yeah. that. Because I And I also think other teams that Bill may also have on that list, and trust me, it's not just one team on that list if it ever comes to him wanting to leave, that they can't find it somewhere else. You know what I'm saying? So I do know this other this a few other teams Celtics in the Western Conference that, that want him too. Celtics yeah. have been long because apparently he wants to play with Tatum. They're 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 good friends. But yeah, I mean, but hey, on the plus side, Tobias Harris in the playoffs has raised yeah. his stock. He looks great. I mean, he looks our most consistent player. Does he look like a number one option? He doesn't look like Beal. Okay. <laughs> But that's who you stand trading for. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I know. It's definitely, I mean, look, Brooklyn didn't want to do Simmons, and they, they didn't want to do that deal either. They they, they kind of had to do it, right? So 
and AD uh, Lakers. I mean, Pelicans didn't necessarily want to trade him to LA. They had to because he said, "I want there or nothing." And they're like, "Okay, well." Yeah, but they they trade a lot of good pieces to get AD. We we're, we're did, but at the time it wasn't looked that way. At the time it wasn't looked at the same That's, way. That's true. But now, yeah, if you look at it now, man, oof, they got a lot. They got a lot of guys, man. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, it, it's gonna be interesting offseason with them, but. But yeah, I'm glad. I'm I'm actually glad Harden did what he did. I I think it's good for him. I think it shows awareness that he wants to get back to where he thinks he is. So, and if you know what, if he has 26, 20, if he averages 27 and 12 next year, I don't think anyone's going to complain at that max deal again. I don't think anyone's going to say, "Oh yeah, don't give him that money anymore." If he does that, I I have no complaints. Yeah, I, I think the media set a, a very like a low bar for him. So if he just looks what you said with 26 if he's averaging 25 26 and he does that i wonder how they're going to shift the goalposts next year to make it seem like he's washed up still so uh, gonna, I, I don't think he can do that you don't think so not with joel i don't think he can do that hmm. yeah maxi and you got tobias I, I just don't think that you can have a guy averaging 30 and another guy averaging 26 27 i just don't think you can do that <clears throat> Even uh, with a current shot attempts, though, if you just raise his percent, because his percentages aren't that good. If you just raise his percentages four, five, six percent, he is almost there. That's one or two made more shots a game. He'd yeah, be but, but, but you're but but that we talking about Maxi, a guy that he's he's going to go for more, not less. He's going to go up to yeah, yeah. And Tobias is you know you talking about him being a free agent, all that he's going to go for what more or less. Yeah, yeah. So, so then we saying James is going. Increase it five to seven points. And yeah. at 33. Like, and, let's say, and let's say they got Beal. He's not definitely not scoring 25. <laughs> just that like I just don't, I don't, I don't even want to kind of, I know that I don't just don't think that's going to happen, but I don't think it's necessary either. And, and I think, because I think the way that he's going to get it there is it, for his game to evolve in a way that he's never played. Um. And that's it. Even I think that would help him in the playoffs this year. If you look at a guy like Chris Paul, and they're talking about he, how he's playing in the third and fourth quarter, it's because he makes the mid range shot, yep. and he takes it, and that's it's almost like a layer. But people talk about that shot all the time. But if you look in the playoffs, guys shoot it a lot because they run you off the three point line. Like look, look how look how tough James Harden's three point shots are. Yeah. Just, just think about that. Yeah. But they're giving him because they don't because they know he won't take a mid-range shot. They know he won't take it. Is that what you would tell him to work on in the offseason? Just kill your mid-rangers? I think in order for, for him to get to the point where you say he needs to get, I think he needs to be a three-level score. He has we know he has the three, he has to get the middle, and he, he can attack at the rim. I think he has to have all three levels. To get there, so they're playing him and they're pressuring him and showing him a crowd so he can't get to the rim, pressing him, making all of his three-point shots and playing on a certain hand and making his shots tough and not leaving him. So he's not getting any, not many clean looks from three. He's not really getting to the rim because he's seeing the crowd. That's how your shot attempts go down. And your, your free throws and everything go down. You're not getting fouled. All of that stuff goes down. But if he gets to that middle level, now all of a sudden, you, you make that big, make a decision. You make those guys make a decision. So I just think he needs to go to be in a three-level score in order to 
elevate his game because the, how you going to play him then? Yeah. But now it's either three-point line or layup, and they're pressing him and putting bigger guys on him or showing him a crowd, and he can't always turn that corner and get to the rim, and they're making – he don't have any clean looks from three. And yeah. it wasn't too clean even when Joel was there because, because I think that he just – you know, not, and I, I think he's capable of doing it. It's just whether that's something he feels like he needs. That's he may feel like he's no, I don't need that at all. That's not what I want to do, and that's his prerogative. I'm saying I think he needs to be a three level scorer, yeah, in order to take it to to the level that we're you know you you're hoping that he can do it. I just don't know as you know without shooting it without without being a threat at it how he can get there um, with, with the guys that we already have in that starting lineup. Yeah. There's, t- there's times where once he gets past a three point line defenders, you can tell they're like already trying to meet him at the rim. They already think, okay, he's they, they know he's not going to show it. He's not going to stop at that. Shoot. Elbow. He's not going to stop yeah. shooting. But there were so many times where I'm he's like, wide open. you just stopped right now. Yes. That defender is yes. going to the rim yes. and you're yes. wide open for your jumper. You're yes. right. It's right there. That's that's straight scouting report. They know he's not going to shoot. He did a couple times. He had like front rim that's like 12-footer. I'm like, damn, not, dude. Not used to it. No, he's not. It's weird. It's, it's weird. Because if he was used to it, he would go to it. Like, it wouldn't It wouldn't be like a sort of a reaction. It would be yeah. dribbling yeah. to the shot. He did it like, because it was open. He's like, oh, shoot, this is that open? I have to take this now. Yes. Uh, miss. It was, a, it was always like a surprise shot. Yeah. Yeah, it was like, fine, you're going to give me this? Okay. Man. Tell you what, if that Bradley Beal trade is plausible, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll you know, I'll wear my door dash, I'll, door Marcus dash, and I'll take, uh, I'll take Bradley Beal to Philly and I'll bring it to my uh, down here and uh, the, the DC area. <laughs> Free of charge. Free of charge. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll do it. <laughs> you a lot of guys would, but there's a long line of door dash for that one, though. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of guys would do that, that drive. <laughs> All right. Uh, so uh, final topic tonight, uh, predictions. Uh, it's actually pretty interesting. So uh, game three is in Philly tonight, obviously. So we started out as one-point favorites right after the game where I think everyone thought NB was automatically going to play game three. Um, and then yesterday when we ruled them out, we went to a three-point underdog. So one-point favorite to a three-point underdog. And then a little while ago, I saw we were a two-point underdog. And now just before we got on, we went from one and a half back to one point underdog. So we're, it's pretty much a pick him in this game tonight. Um, and he's listed as doubtful, but still everyone's saying there's a big chance he's going to play tonight. And I think based on that line of just being a one point underdog, pretty much a pick him. I think he's going to play tonight uh, for sure, but nothing's, no, nothing's reported yet. But what are your predictions tonight? Um, I want to get with Embiid on the court and without Embiid on the court because there's, there's a chance he might not play. So I just want to curious what you guys, uh, where you guys have right now. With? With. Or without, yeah. we are winning this basketball game. Tonight. I like it, baby. We're winning. So I guess I'll be spread because we're winning the basketball game. Wow. wow. All right. I love You're it. Great. I mean, I think I think he does play. Um, I think we're playing a little game. Like, like apparently every game Miami's have like six guys questionable. So I think we're doing that this time a little bit. Um yeah, I think we win. I think it'll be close, though. I think I do. I do think it'll be close either way. Uh, but I think if we, even if he does play, I mean, man, just his like t- 
20, although it sounds like, oh, it's not a big deal. 25 and 12 for him. Dude, that, that would just be monumental. It's just everyone else getting clean looks. And I think we're so due. Niang just cannot keep shooting this bad. Green cannot keep shooting this bad. Or maybe they can. But I don't think they can keep shooting this bad. So um, Max would be one guy on him. Harden with single coverage again. Toby with single coverage again. It'll just be, it, it'll be such a relief for everyone else around him, not just him. Yeah, and like I said last week, I think it was one of the predictions we had last week or a few weeks ago when Eric was had such conviction when he said his prediction, and we he got it right, I believe. And uh, I, I I love the energy right there. I'm going with Eric again. I think we're going to win tonight. I think it's like these stars are aligned in Philadelphia, and we get to that. Yeah, I yeah I hope MB does play, and uh and I hope the MB I hope everything just everything we were talking about. He has come out because 25 and 12, like Tasia said, um, which that'd be amazing if he gets that. The MVP comes out at halftime and they do some big thing for him. And um, yeah, yeah, when in a in a blowout would be would be nice too. But we'll, we'll see about that. We'll see if all those things happen. <laughs> take it take it step by step. Yeah. <laughs> We're asking for a lot, huh? <laughs> yeah, let's just get, let's just get a dub even the last second shot. Yeah, true. All right, fellas, that does it for us. Thanks for tuning in to Believe in 76ers, presented by Bet Online. We'll see you guys next week as we hopefully hang on and uh, extend the series to maybe a, by that point it'll be game game five hopefully so yeah so we'll see you guys next week thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.